Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's objectively confusing that Nevada has a GOP caucus and a GOP primary election. They're happening in different ways, at different places, with different candidates. But they're both moving forward this week, resulting in a whole bunch of interesting consequences, including the potential to change how we even do elections. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, Nevada Independent reporter Tabitha Mueller clears it all up, hopefully, and helps us figure out what it all means for Nevada and our place in the political universe. It's Tuesday, February 6th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Tabitha Mueller, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for having me. Well, all things political, especially all things politically confusing, uh, you're going to be my go-to. So hey, I'm always happy to come on and talk about uh, politically confusing things. Awesome. And Tabitha, based on social media, it looks like people are still having questions about Nevada's peculiar approach to the primaries this year. So why are there two separate elections for GOP voters, only one for Dems, and no choices for nonpartisans in the primary election happening right now in Nevada. So <laughs> before we get into this, I think it's really important to note that even our Republican governor has called the primary caucus kerfuffle, and I'm going to call it a kerfuffle, both confusing and unacceptable, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> and and I think that that's important for our listeners to know, especially when I mentioned that we have seen social media posts and people saying, well, why is Donald Trump not on my ballot and what's right. going on? And there's a broader conspiracy theory here. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is not a broader conspiracy. All right. Says you, liberal media. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I'm going to tell it to you straight here, right? Um, nonpartisan, nonpartisan profit news organization, the Nevada Independent, is going to tell you there are two separate processes. Okay. So and, we're just talking about the GOP right now. We are just talking about the GOP primary. The Democratic primary is a lot less confusing as far as it does not have multiple processes. <laughs> okay. And we should make it really clear that if you're nonpartisan, if you're not in one of the major parties, then you are kind of out of luck for the primary system. Right. I mean, it's, it's funny because... Uh, I did not receive a ballot. I will not be voting in the primary because there's really not a way for nonpartisans to do that. All right. So let's just hone in. What do GOP voters need to know right now? I think the important thing for GOP voters to know is that there are two processes and there is the state run primary and then there is the party run caucus. Now, you can vote in both processes. You can caucus and you can vote in the state primary, which some people are choosing to do. Okay. However, the Nevada GOP is going to use the results of the caucus, not the primary, 
to determine how the state's presidential delegates will be awarded at the Republican nominating convention. So for all intents and purposes, the caucus is what will determine the delegates. Okay, so here's a quick follow up. Every registered Republican in the state of Nevada got a mail-in ballot at their last registered address. That is the one that does not include former President Donald Trump as one of the possibilities. That is correct. Did every single registered Republican voter get something in the mail from the Nevada GOP party talking about the caucus, which, again, is a very different thing that does have Donald Trump's name on it? I don't know (laughs) that answer. I do not believe so. I do know that the Republican caucus has been trying to get out the message via social media. There's a right-wing online organization called the Nevada Globe, which has been trying to get the word out. So we've seen messaging, social media platforms, you know, email blasts, those type of things. But I don't believe that the party has been mailing every single registered Republican voter information about the caucus. All right. So I guess I, I we're skipping the one step is why is this happening? Yes. So I, I, I think that's a really key, important point here. And I do want to start with there's a 2021 law that says that the state must hold a presidential preference primary election for each major political party on the first Tuesday in February of a presidential election year. So state lawmakers said, hey, we have to have a presidential primary run by the state. Now, because of that law, no matter what was happening, this is going to move forward. But Nevada's GOP party has said that we think that the best process to have voters connect with these candidates is via a caucus. So what the state party did is they said, "Okay, we're going to also host a caucus. Now, theoretically, they could have had the caucus and all the candidates on the ballot. But Basically, the state party adopted rules that prohibited candidates who file for the primary from participating in the caucus. And it requires a $55,000 caucus registration fee for each participating campaign. Oh, so, okay, they opted out of the state law regulated system, which is going to move forward whether they opt out or not. They opted into their own caucus, which is the old school people kind of gathering in and kind of submitting their ballots to each other and then counting them, et cetera. And it became a fundraiser for the Nevada GOP party. Now, I do want to say, because I asked the Nevada GOP party about this, and they said that, you know, candidates that hosted events here would get, you know, part of that fee back. So, okay. so I think the, the money was just like an incentive to make sure that candidates came here, at least from, you know, their perspective of things. I got it. OK, OK, OK. So although uh, we don't know exactly what happened to that $55,000 per person, it's it's all part of the game, baby. So I guess the next logical question is who's benefiting from this split system and who's getting the short end of the stick? So I think what we've seen over and over again from the start of this process, the end of it, is that this was kind of designed to help former President Donald Trump, right? The head of the state party, which is Michael McDonald, he has been heavily involved in the Trump world for a long time. If you if you, I think if in a previous podcast, we actually talked about the fake electors scheme, yeah. but that was where six Republicans said, hey, we're going to assign Nevada's electoral votes, not for the winner of the election who was president, now President Joe Biden, but assign them to Trump. And he was one of those individuals. 
Right. And he's now indicted and they're fighting those charges. But OK, so he was involved in sort of machinating it. Uh, so presumably it's benefiting former President Trump. Uh, but others are still signing on. Right. I mean, they, he wasn't the only one who paid the 55 grand to the caucus, was he? No, no. Other candidates had filed. I think notably DeSantis was going to participate in the caucus. And then uh, obviously he dropped out. So he's not going to be here. And and as time has gone on and the field has narrowed, we really have two significant candidates in this Republican primary. And that would be South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and then former President Donald Trump. Now, even though Trump and Haley are kind of the next or the two kind of Big last contenders. people standing. Yeah. The last people standing, we'll say, from this kind of crowded pool. Haley is going to be running in the state-run primary, and Trump is going to be running in the caucus. And it has gotten to the point that I think people have kind of been saying that Nevada doesn't really matter because it is already in the bag for Trump. Um, I mean, the governor told me that in an interview with him where he said that he was endorsing uh Trump in the caucus process, or in the he was endorsing Trump in the primary, and that the governor would be voting none of these candidates on the ballot, but caucusing for Trump. If okay, I'm going to hold you there because that is maybe adding to the confusion a yes. little bit with none of the above uh, being an option. So I, I just want to focus really quickly. Um, so the names of the people who were on the caucus, the people who came here, like you mentioned, Governor DeSantis, who's dropped out. He paid the 55000 He's in the caucus. I understand Chris Christie did. Vivek Ramaswamy uh, also had paid and has dropped out. Your colleague over at the Nevada Independent, Jacob Solis, came on to talk about Ryan Binkley, the Texas pastor, who is uh, the only other name that people will see if they go to the Nevada caucus. But uh, just because all those people dropped out that we just mentioned— on the Nevada primary official ballot, they're going to see a lot of familiar names of people who early on were in but now are out, people like Mike Pence, right? Yes, absolutely, because they had registered before they had dropped out. So they theoretically still garner votes in the— Yes. Okay. Yeah, they could still garner votes, but because they're not in the running anymore, it it, it doesn't really matter is what I should say. I don't know. I mean, your vote always matters. Let's let's add that caveat there. Right, right. But it 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 could be but interesting. But not really here. But yeah, <laughs> come on. I mean, I mean, the on big thing side. is is the big thing is is does Nevada really matter in this political process? And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. All right, so let's focus on the mechanics for a second, just because this is fascinating to me uh, and fairly unprecedented, I'd imagine. Not that we haven't had a caucus before, but we haven't had a caucus and a primary at the same time. So what are some of the challenges of having two separate approaches to a GOP primary in one basic space? So I think that the first off is obviously the concurrent processes are confusing for folks, right? Why can't I vote via ballot? Why can't I vote 
be a caucus? Like, why do I have to do both? You don't have to do both, but I think just two processes alone and why they're happening is confusing. The next part of this, I think, is that, well, do I, should I still file a ballot? Should I still, you know, do I have to go caucus? What's the best way for me to make sure that my voice is heard in this election? And what a lot of Republicans have said is you should vote in both. So if your preferred candidate is not in the, is not listed on that primary ballot from the state, you can select none of these candidates. I know mm-hmm. that Assemblywoman Alexis Hansen, and she's a Republican Assemblywoman from Sparks, uh, she wrote a December, actually, opinion piece where she said, you need to participate in both because that way you maintain your voting record. Got it. Um, and then she said, if you're voting for a candidate in the caucus like I am, mark none of these candidates. And that has been the message, I think, from a lot of elected officials this cycle. Okay. And um, I guess the opposite isn't true. There's not a none of the above in the caucus. It's either Trump or this uh, fella Binkley. Yes. And and I mean, you could probably, as you're caucusing, complain about how there's no other options or out of those two or what whatnot, you know. Um, and, and, and usually there's a process for it where you can say like, you know, hey, like, these, neither of these are my preferred candidate, but the idea of a caucus is that you're getting people together and you kind of have to hash it out together, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Tabitha, are, are you or any of your team hearing from GOP voters reacting to all this? Well, it's interesting because, yes, um, I know that uh, another Assemblywoman, uh, Assemblywoman Danielle Gallant, she's actually a Republican from Las Vegas. She sort of voiced exasperation about this process, you know, saying that I'm supposed to be supportive of the Nevada GOP primary and the caucus. But she kind of complained about having to do it on a school night. And she has two kids. And, you know, she's going to have to take time out of her day to drive in and do this in person. And, And I think that's one of the downsides of something like a caucus is, you know, it's not as easy as casting your vote in the mail and throwing it in the ballot box or, you know, a quick five minutes on your lunch break to go, you know, vote at a voting booth if that's what you prefer. Right. Because early voting still applies to the primary election. But again, the caucusing only takes place this Thursday night. Yeah. It's one day, one time and you miss it or you make it right. Wow. And, and I think you can drop off, like, I, I think they were talking earlier about, you know, you could drop off like a written ballot or whatever. So that is going to be, I believe, an option for voters. But for the most part, the idea of caucusing is that you are doing it in person. Yeah. So, I mean, it's clear that this really does disadvantage Nikki Haley supporters, because while they can vote for her in the one that ultimately doesn't count, and they can't vote for her in the caucus or even say anything about her, their only other option, I would imagine, would be to vote for Binkley. If they mm-hmm. do take advantage of the caucus, which is weird. Yeah. But I think the biggest actually thing is that we haven't been hearing as much from voters who are complaining about only having two options. We're hearing a lot from voters who are, who are confused about why their state run primary doesn't have Trump on the ballot. Interesting. And I'm also curious how this affects our national standing in the presidential election cycle. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? So as my boss will say, we matter, right? Um, <laughs> Nevada is typically a state that just helps decide these elections, right? We saw that with uh, Senator Cortez Masto with the control of the Senate. And obviously, Nevada and Georgia were highly watched during the presidential. But Nevada has always been kind of this sort of, I don't want to say bellwether, but that might be the best word for it because we have a diverse state. We're kind of swingy and purple. And Clark County has a very significant Democratic voter base, but the rest of the state sort of balances it out in that way. 
way. So so you never quite know. And, and, and I mean, look at how our government is structured, right? We have a Republican governor and a Democratic legislature, which tells you that we have a lot of split ticket voters, too, hmm. which means that we are pretty significant when you're looking at things like presidential elections. Yeah. Now, do we matter in the presidential primary right now? Probably not. I think uh, we, my colleagues have had a couple of podcasts, and you should check us out, on the trail, um, where we kind of break down some of the election processes, and we take topics and just talk about it for 20 minutes. And the general consensus is, like, basically because Trump is considered to be a shoe-in. Nevada is not really a highly watched state this primary, I would say. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people worked really hard to kind of move Nevada's profile up, both in time and significance, uh, you know, where we were in that primary schedule. And then, you know, I read this article recently from uh, Politico that's essentially calling us irrelevant. So, I mean, maybe is that why people are saying that the local GOP strategy may have backfired as far as making Nevada more important? I read the same article and it was fascinating. And I thought they made a really, I mean, it, it was a very compelling case for that irrelevance. And I think that's all part of it, right? Is, um, you know, basically this is favoring one candidate and why would anyone come to the state? Why would we make national headlines when when the outcome is already kind of predetermined as, as Politico kind of noted? Now, I know this is way ahead, but the next presidential election after this presidential election is, of course, four years away. Do you think the GOP is going to stick to their guns after this experience? Depends on who's in charge, I think, right? Um, I think that for the majority of the party, this has not been a fun time. Um, we I saw, mean, it's not a good look. Right. But, but I mean, even our governor, Governor Joe Lombardo, has said this is not what he wanted to see, right? And even though he is participating in the caucus, I think he still stands by what he said about this process being unacceptable and confusing. Mm. At a time when there is a huge amount of mistrust and distrust of the election system, I think that people are pointing to this and saying, well, doesn't this only exacerbate that? Especially when we know that, you know, the state's election systems are extraordinarily thorough and they're, yeah. they recheck and triple check and, you know, all of those pieces. Now, what Republicans have said, though, is that something like the caucus allows for voter ID, which, which is one of the part, party's policy priorities moving forward, I think. Um, but it does not help. You know, having the caucus of the primary at the same time does not help voters who may be already feeling confused about, you know, well, how do elections work and, and how do we participate and ensure that our votes matter? And I know this isn't the issue that we're talking about here, but for me, I'm a state government type of person, right? I love watching the down ballot races. Um, and I think that what will be interesting, too, is how the nominees will affect the down ballot races, right? If Trump is the Republican nominee, does having him at the top of the ticket negatively or positively affect Republican candidates in the state who may be running for the legislature or county commission or or partisan or in partisan races like that? Right. And especially the all-important U.S. Senate race that's also going to be on the same ballot in November. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, Tabitha, let me run down the dates uh, so everyone's really clear. Last day voting for the official primary election run by the state is January 6th. And the caucus that is being run by the GOP party where the delegates will actually be awarded is January 8th. Yes. 
All right. Hey, Tabitha Mueller, I believe you did it. You, you somehow managed to clear all this up, and I really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, go tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our indispensable morning newsletter. We'll have election results in it as they become available. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. I think a lot of politicos are going to be watching does none of these candidates or none of the above win because that will signify kind of where voters are on this issue. The strength of, of Trump as a candidate uh, versus those who might want to dissent against Trump in whatever way they can, but still are Republican. Absolutely. Yeah.